1: Welcome to the Road to Wire DFS podcast for Thursday, May the nineteenth. I'm your co- your host James Seltzer, coming to you with my co-host, as always, Mister Benny Ricciardi. Benny, what's going on, brother?
2: I literally was in the money and everything until you know Johnny Cueto wound up throwing a complete game to end the night, and I didn't have a lot of Cueto exposure, so. Some of the good lineups I had that were deep in the money didn't have Cueto, and and a lot of them wound up bubbling after he had that complete game. So a little bit tilting to have a lot of the good plays and and not really make any money, but that's the way it goes in DFS sometimes.
1: There it is. Benny, a a down Benny Ricciardi today. We're going to have to do our job to to get him back on the right track here. Not down.
2: I mean, you know, that's the one thing I love about DFS too is, you know what, there's a new slate today. It's a new puzzle, a new game, Uh, you know to try to unlock. So you hop rack on the horse and, uh, you know, you make up for it today.
1: Look at that positivity. I love it. We got a positivity themed podcast here for you. today. let's run down the slate as we have 11 games on Thursday, only two day games. So, um, Probably not going to be doing too many all-day slates just because of the risk it entails. But uh, if you are, make sure you check those early lineups. Uh, let's run down the slate. Start with those early games in Baltimore 1235 as Seattle heads into town. Nathan Carnes taking on Tyler Wilson about battle righties there. Uh, then we head into Milwaukee as the Chicago Cubs coming in off their... 13th-inning victory last night over the Brewers. Uh, Jason Hamill taking on Junior Guerra, a battle of right-handers there as well. Then Atlanta at 7.05 as we start the night slate, heads into Pittsburgh to take on Jeff Locke and the Pirates, Mike Fultonowitz. Fultonowitz? We'll, well, We'll have to figure that one out. Uh, going up against Fultonowitz, uh for the Braves, And then we had a 7-10 start in New York as the Nationals are in town taking on the Mets. Steven Strasburg against Matt Harvey. 7-10 start in Cincinnati as well as the Indians heading to town. Josh Tomlin has 5-0 record taking on Tim Adelman, the 28-year-old rookie. Then we head in to St. Lou as the Rockies heading to town. 7-15 start John Gray versus Michael Walker. Righty-righty matchup there. Uh, and then it, we move on to the 8 o'clock starts. An 8-10 start in Chicago. As Colin McHugh and the Astros heading to take on Chris Sale, who's been quite dominant this season, as usual, and the White Sox. Uh, uh, four games left on the slate here. Another 8-10 start in Minnesota. The Blue Jays heading into town. Marco Estrada taking on Bigger, Irv and Santana. 9-10 start in San Diego. Jeff Samarjan, the Giants, heading into town to take on James Shields. A righty-righty matchup there. Los Angeles, Los Angeles matchup at 10 as the Dodgers head to take on the Angels, Ross Stripling or Stripling taking on Julius Chassin, my favorite name. And then uh, we round out the night at 10:05 in Oakland as Benny's Yankees and Ivan Nova take on Kendall Graveman and the Oakland Athletics. All right, Benny, let's let's hop right in here. 12:35 start. Only those two get two day games. Uh, Nathan Karnes taking on Tyler Wilson. The Mariners heading into Baltimore. Where are you leaning in this one, Ben?
2: You know, Carnes has actually been pretty solid this year, but this is a game that's got a really high total. I mean, they're expecting almost four and a half runs from both teams in this one. I don't like Wilson as a pitcher, so I would have no problem kind of targeting guys against him. Uh, probably want to go with the left-handed bats. Uh, you know, Cano is obviously the big one, but guys like Seth Smith, um, Aoki Seeger, I think they're all kind of in play. Even Nelson Cruz, who hits pretty well in ready on righty situations, You know, going up against Carnes, I mean, I I think Chris Davis and Manny Machado are the two guys that kind of stand out on the numbers. Uh, You know, Machado, very good, righty-on-righty situation. Chris Davis just absolutely crushes right-handed pitching, period. But like I said, Carnes has been pretty good, so I I don't love it. But with, you know, the Vegas total being so high and a lot of runs expected here, I, I do think you want to have more exposure to the bats than you do to either one of these pitchers.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of leaning the same way. I certainly, don't feel comfortable rolling out any of these pitchers, and and I do like Carnes and looked real good in his last outing. But um, you know, it is a getaway game, so maybe a hope for that. Hope maybe sometimes, and and this is anecdotal. I don't have a ton of evidence to back it up, but it often feels like those getaway day games, uh, you know, to end a series, usually end up being more pitchers' tools than hitters' tools, but. Benny, let's knock out the other day game of the uh, of the day. Uh, no pun intended, no uh, redundancy intended. There, as Chicago heads into Milwaukee, uh, uh, coming off a late one, a 13th inning win. Uh, Jason Hamill taking on Junior Guerra. Are you going to get some Cubs in your lineup today, Benny?
2: Oh god it's you know, I, I've i done it the last two days and it just hasn't worked out well for me. I mean, you look at this game, you look at the numbers, and it should be pretty straightforward. You got a really good Cubs offense going up against uh you know, a young guy on the mound who they should be able to knock around. But we said the same thing the last two days too, and they just haven't been hitting the ball. And then Hamels has actually been pretty good. Um and this Milwaukee team actually struggles against right-handed pitching. So, like I said, it looks very straightforward. You should like Hamo in this game, and you should like the Cubs' bats. But what they play now, they scored, what, three runs in 21 innings of play in Milwaukee in the last three days. I mean, you know, most teams go into Milwaukee and score three runs an inning and get, you know, three home runs in the first two or three innings of the game and knock out their starter. Apparently, everybody on Milwaukee's turned into Cy Young lately. So, yeah. you know, I, I mean... On paper you should want the Cubs, especially the lefties, you know, Hayward, Zobris, Rizzo, uh, you know, even Brian in a righty on righty matchup, Dexter Fowler, who tends to go lower owned every day. You know, they, they all make sense to me. On the other side, I don't really want anybody on the Brewers, so I think this is a game where you want to go heavy Chicago bats and take Hamill, but again, that's what we've said the last two days and it hasn't worked out all that well, so you know, what do I know?
1: Ah, well, you can't, as you know, you also, like you said at the top, it's a new day, it's a new season, so you can't let yesterday and the last couple days mistakes keep you from making the right decision today i think you're right to want some cubs in your lineup but i agree not to go overboard but do like jason hamill i think that's a good play there as well all right let's get to the night slate benny the main slate is we've got nine games here 705 start leads us off in pittsburgh uh mike Fultonowitz, uh it's something along those lines maybe you can correct me take it on lefty jeff Locke, benny which way
2: are you going in this yeah, I mean, I've heard "faulty Newitz. I've heard it pronounced a million different ways, too. I don't really know exactly what it is. And that's probably because this is a guy that tends to get lit up whenever he is up in the Major leagues. So he was up in the Majors last year. He got knocked around. He was started the year out in A, did pretty well. They called him up. I mean, this is a guy who last year left-handed bats hit over 300 against him. He has a huge fly ball rate, so he can give up some home runs. Um, if you're looking at a guy who gives up home runs and stinks versus lefties, I think you're looking at guys like Gregory Polanco, who's probably my favorite play. Uh, they moved them up to the three hole. He's hitting behind McCutcheon and in front of Kang right now. So he's in a good spot in the lineup. Again, like we said, left-handed bat. He's got a little bit of speed, a little bit of power. He can get you some hits, score some runs, knock in some RBIs. He can hit a home run, steal a base. So really, really like Gregory Polanco. I think he's a great cash game play today. Uh, you could also look at guys like John Jaso. He's another left handed bat leading off for them in a pretty decent spot. You know, um, McCutcheon and Kang, the top four in that order. Like I said, I think the top four in this order make a good, um, a pretty good little stack option today. All of them have whoopers well, over 350 against right handed pitching. You know, like I said, Fulty Newitt's not really a guy I'm concerned with. So. I do like some of these Pittsburgh bats. And then on the other side you got, you know, John Locke the lefty who's pitching. Uh right-handed bats higher average, higher more home runs against them. He's a ground ball pitcher though, so he doesn't give up a lot of home runs, especially not at home in Pittsburgh. And again, this Atlanta offense has been historically bad. I mean, if you go to like a fan graphs and look up their numbers, they are towards the bottom of the league in just about every conceivable offensive category. You know, their team woba is like under 90. Um, their WRC plus I think is like a 40 or a 50, which is just like, you know, 20 or 30 points below everybody else in the league. I mean, this is legitimately one of the worst offenses, not just this year, but that we've seen in recent years. So, you know, I don't really like Locke, but I'm not using any of the bats against him either.
1: Yeah. Especially if he is, as you say, John Locke and thus could have special powers on an island or be a philosopher. Um, No, it is Jeff Locke joking around (laughs) there as well. Um, But I'm like, yeah, I'm with you. And I think Locke could be a sneaky play at 6,900. Maybe someone worth having a little bit of exposure to. I'm not a huge fan of his, but for the price, this Atlanta offense is so epically bad that it might be worth it. And uh, uh, breaking news, according to baseball reference, it's Fultonavich. Fultonavich. How about that? How about that? So, uh. If I had a breaking news sounder, I would have hit it there. But, yes, exactly. If we're going faulty. And I agree with everything you said there. I think some lefties against him could be a nice play. But he, too, at 6,300, has pitched pretty well so far this season compared to what he looked like when he came up last year. So, who knows? Maybe a nice kind of contrarian play there as well. All right, 7-10 start in New York as the Washington Nationals head. And Steven Strasburg uh, probably... Uh, definitely one of the two pitching day, uh, plays on the day along with sale, but, but maybe my favorite, uh, what do you think about Strasburg going up against the Mets? And, and is Matt Harvey bad at pitching all of a sudden, Benny,
2: you know, I don't think Harvey's a hundred percent. I don't think he's bad at pitching, but you know, I don't think he's a hundred percent, which is a little bit tough, although he has pitched better in his last couple starts. You really want to take the left-handed bats against Harvey. They're the ones who give him a little bit of trouble. So on this Washington team, you know the two guys that obviously stand out are going to be Bryce Harper, huge woba, four sixty four against uh, righty since the beginning of two thousand fifteen, three forty nine ISO to go with it. So the guy consistently gets on base, consistently hits, consistently has power. My only beef with him is like if you look at the game yesterday, I think he finished with like ten fantasy points because he had like a runner one or two runs scored. He got walked three times, and they only had to pitch to him once. And that's basically what it's come down to now with Harper is they're only pitching to him one, maybe two at-bats a game. And the rest of the time, they're walking him. So cash game, I guess he's solid. He's going to get you some points. He's got a nice floor. But if he's only going to get pitched to once in a game, there's really not a lot of upside because if he doesn't hit a home run in that at-bat, how much damage is he really doing for you? But on the flip side of that, that also is the reason why I really like Daniel Murphy, because they moved Murphy up to the four spot in the order, so he's hitting right behind Harper. So basically every single time he gets up, there's at least one man on base. So he always has a chance to knock in some runs and uh you know do some damage that way. So the lefties are the way I'd probably go after Harvey. And then Strasberg again is a guy that I really like. He struggles a little more with right-handed bats. Righties actually have a higher average against them. When you're looking at the Mets, righty on righty, uh, Jonas Cespedes is somebody who very, very good in righty on righty situations. Three eighty four wOBA, two seventy six ISO, and he has power, which is also something that Strasburg struggled with. If you remember that Detroit game last week, you know he was basically cruising. But he did make a mistake or two to a couple right-handed bats. I think J.D. Drew took him deep the one time. Maybe Castellanos had the other one. But he gave up two home runs to right-handed bats, which is you know kind of been his Achilles heel lately. So I think Cespedes is one guy that you can look at. And you're going to get him extremely low-owned, because I agree with you. I think Strasburg is going to be one of the chalk options today.
1: Yeah, I love the Murphy call, too. Still priced at $3,700 in FanDuel, which... While not cheap is still like a thousand dollars lower than Altuve and Altuve's been great, but you know I think that's a value on on Murphy for how good he's been dude's still batting like three ninety nine or something uh yeah, I mean, he's batting. He got a 445 Woba against uh, lefties, uh, 232 ISO. And uh, Harvey's just struggled, a 386 Woba allowed to lefties this season and, and, and the things you mentioned. So uh, I'll echo that one. I like that play even at that price. All right, Benny, let's, uh, let's move on to the uh, the next 7-10 start of the evening. In Cincinnati is Josh Tomlin and the Cleveland Indians head on to take on 28-year-old rookie Tim Adelman. And the Reds, what do you think, Benny?
2: Yeah, I think that this game could be a sneaky source of, of fantasy points. You know, you look at that Cleveland lineup that did really well yesterday. Uh, you got guys, you know, you want left-handed bats against Adelman. So you got guys like uh, Kipnis is obviously a great play. 389, wOBA, 171 ISO since the start of last season. Um, has always hit right-handed pitching well his whole career. But you can even look at guys like Rajay Davis and um Santana uh, Lindor out of the three hole you know I like all these guys today so I think that this that this Indians team could be a cheap stack and then even on the other side for uh, for Cincinnati you know this is a really good hitters ballpark Tomlin's been solid but right-handed bats have actually have a higher average against them and hit more home runs so a guy like Adam Duval, who I feel like goes so low owned every day check out his game logs he's been on fire lately Uh, 376 Woba, 338 ISO for him. Very good in righty on righty matchups. You know, because Tomlin struggles with the righty, I think you could even look at the guys like Kozart and Suarez and Phillips. Um, and then Joey Votto is the best hitter they have on their team. I mean, against right handed pitching, 404 Woba, 221 ISO. You know, he can go yard, he can get on base, he'll take a walk, he'll get a couple hits for you. You know, just a very solid cash game play day after day there. So, I'm not looking at either one of these pitchers. I know some people like Tomlin today. For me, this game's all about the bats.
1: Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't want either of these pitchers today. Uh, and a lot of the bats you said. I'll echo the Lindor call as well. Uh, only at thirty five hundred which for him is, is a pretty solid price compared to what is on the board I think he 's the seventh most expensive shortstop on the board, and in a good matchup he 's you know batting three hundred twenty five three forty eight wobo on the season he 's been really good again, so homered again yesterday, so uh, I, I like that call as well all right benny let 's move on seven fifteen start in St. Louis. As the Rockies head into town, John Gray, the, the youngster, taking on Michael Waka. Relatively decent pitching matchup here.
2: Uh, what are you looking for out of this one, Benny? Yeah, I think you, you nailed it right there. I actually kind of like the pitching matchup here. Gray has been much better away from Coors Field, and Waka's been very good. He's actually even pretty cheap on some sites today, which kind of surprised me a little bit. Uh, Waka does have a little bit of a reverse splits thing going on where the right-handed bats have hit for a higher average against them. So Noah Arenado, who's good in righty-on-righty situations, probably somebody you want to be a little bit fearful of. And then on the other side of the game with Gray, you know, like I said, Gray's actually been pretty good. And this guy was like a top five draft pick, you know, number one prospect in the organization. You know, the numbers don't look all that nice because again, his home field is course and he, you know, tends to get knocked around as most people do. But he throws a lot of breaking stuff, and that breaking stuff doesn't really move in course field. But when you take him out of course field and put him somewhere else, you know, he, he's been he's been putting up some pretty good games. So I like a guy like a Matt Carpenter maybe against him. Uh, you can look at like a Randall Deerchuk who's, you know, good in righty on righty situations, but honestly, I think I'd rather have more exposure to some of the pitching in this game than I do to some of these bats.
1: Yeah, Gray is actually my favorite play of the day today at sixty nine hundred. Uh, I really like Strasburg at ten thousand six hundred as well because uh, I think it's a fair price for him, especially when you see Sale up around twelve thousand. But um, I just think at sixty nine hundred, Gray is such a such a great buy for the upside. You know, um, he's got a thirty point five percent K rate, uh, only a 5%, five percent five point nine percent walk rate outside of those two matchups where he struggled at Coors Field. He's been Pretty much fantastic. So for that kind of strikeout upside at 6,900, granted against a decent Cardinals offense, but uh, I think that's just a steal. Uh, all right, Benny, before we move on to the 8 o'clock games, let me remind you that MLB season is here, and that means that Daily Fantasy Baseball is back. Go to FanDuel.com. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1 anyone can play. As you heard, Benny last night had a rougher night. You know, he was just on the bubble, but guess what? He's coming back today, and he's going right back at it, and he's going to do better, and he's going to win some money. And that's that's what makes it so great is you're never out of it. You're not stuck with players who are injured are whose seasons are over. Whatever it is, you know, you can just rebuild a new team every day, and that's what makes it so great. Join over 1 million other users who have already won money It's never too late to join. Come play with me every day over at FanDuel.com. Go to FanDuel.com and sign up with the microphone. Click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner to use my code RWPOD to sign up now. Special offer for new users. Get a free six month RotoWire subscription with a $25 deposit. That's six months for 25 bucks. You must sign up with my promo code RWPOD. That's over $60 in value for only $25. Don't forget my code RWPOD. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's FanDuel. F-A-N-D-U-E-L dot com. Sign up today. All right, Benny, let's round it out. We got five games left on the slate. 8-10 start in Chicago. We see the top pitcher of the night and the White Sox, Chris Sale, hosting uh, a less good pitcher in Colin McHugh <laughs> in the Astros. What are you thinking about this one?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, Sale's obviously been a stud, um, but I think this could be a tougher matchup for him because – Sale is lights out to left-handed bats. So any of the lefties that Houston is dumb enough to leave in the lineup, they're, they're just basically automatic outs. So Valbuena, um, you know, if Rasmus is in there, if you get a Castro in there, you know, these these guys are not guys that you really want to look at today. But they do have a lot of right-handed bats they can throw at Sale. And it's not like Sale's bad against righties. I mean, righties are still only hitting like 220 against them. But you got a guy like Altuve at the top of the order, you know, 400 Woba, Uh, Last couple years against left-handed pitching, been on fire to start this year. I think he's got like 10 home runs already. He's hitting well over 300. He's actually 5 of 14 lifetime against Sale, too. Uh, Mostly singles, one double in there. But, you know, again, if you're looking to attack Sale, you really want to do it with right-handed bats. And they're going to throw all these guys up at the top. Altuve, Correa, Springer, um, even like Marwin Gonzalez, Evan Gaddis. You know, they're going to put seven or eight right-handed bats in here. Again, I still think Sale's gonna be able to handle him, but you know, this Houston team is, you know, the the epitome of a hit or miss kind of team. They swing from their heels on every single play. So they're looking to hit a home run. That that gives them a high strikeout rate, but when they connect, it also means that they can put a couple runs up here. So I like Sale. I don't like having to pay I think he's almost twelve K today, right? Isn't he up yeah, there somewhere? He is.
1: He is twelve K.
2: Yeah, I don't like paying that price for him, but You know, he does have a ton of upside, especially against this Houston team that strikes out a lot. He could have a lot of strikeout upside. Um, So, you know, he's obviously somebody in play. If I'm taking any bats on Houston, Altuve's the only one that I I think I would roll out there. But then on the other side of this game, you know, McHugh's a guy that struggles against right-handed bats, even though he's a right-handed pitcher. I think uh, Jose Abreu's in a great spot. Righty on righty, I love Jose Abreu. Uh, 372 Woba, 226 ISO for him in righty-on-righty matchups. And then the other guy that I really like is Adam Eaton on top of the order. You know, left-handed bat that hits really well against right-handed pitching. I- I'm not a huge fan of McHugh. I think he does give up a few too many hits. So I think a couple of these guys will get on base. I actually, like I said, I actually expect this to be a tough game because I know Sale's not going to give up a lot of runs here, but I think that um, McHugh is going to. So I think that uh, you know Chicago could wind up walking away with the victory here.
1: Yeah, I I feel the same way. I'm I'm not gonna mess around with Sale. I feel there's no reason to both starting him at twelve thousand one hundred, just a little too high for me when there are other options on the board and and um also uh you know I I I think I would like to get some uh, White Sox in against McHugh, but again there aren't too many jump off the page of you. All right, Benny, let's get to that other eight ten start. In Minnesota as the Blue Jays head into town, Marco Estrada against Irvin Santana. Big Irv, what do you think about this one, Ben?
2: Yeah, you know, Estrada's numbers are, are really, really good when you look at him. His, he's only given up like around a 200 batting average last year and this year to both right and left-handed bats. He does have a little bit of a problem with base on balls. He does tend to walk some guys, and that can get him in trouble. And this Minnesota team is better than people give them credit for. You know, they made a couple moves, they changed the lineup around, and they've been playing a lot better lately. Uh, Byung Ho Park, very very good hitter, 371 wOBA, 314 ISO tends to go lower owned every day cuz he's a first base option and there's so many good first basemen but this is a guy that can really hit and has a lot of power um, you know he kind of profiles almost the same as Miguel Sano does you know both right-handed bats very good in righty on righty situations a lot of power so having those two back to back in the middle of the order is pretty solid they've been leading off Joe Mauer who nobody ever plays because he's first base eligible and you're going to take Park instead of him uh Eduardo Nunez though who's been hitting in the two hole their shortstop He's been hitting really well. 370 Woba, uh only a 136 ISO, not a guy that has a lot of power but he does have a lot of speed and he actually made one of the smartest plays that I've ever seen and I don't know why more teams aren't doing this but they put a shift on when he was on second base yesterday and the third baseman was basically playing shortstop so he just took a, a pretty big walking lead and realized the third baseman was napping and just beat him in a foot race to third base to steal third base I don't know why more teams are not doing that and and laying bunts down the third baseline when teams do the shift you know, it, it's just such a smart baseball play. So I really like Eduardo Nunez, and that play alone as a, you know, former baseball coach just, you know, kind of made me smile. So he's got a special place in my heart right now.
1: Look at that. Some Eduardo yeah. Nunez love on the podcast. Though. I Who mean, it, like,
2: on, like I said, I honestly don't know why more teams don't do that if teams are going to use the shift. I mean, that's that's the way to kind of stop them from doing it. I agree. Um, I agree. But then, you know, on the other side with Irving Santana going up, uh, left handed bats have been better against him, but I mean, what lefties do you really want in Toronto? Yeah, Justin bat and cleanup yesterday. He's okay, but he's basically a hit or miss home run kind of guy. Uh, Michael Saunders, I like. He's actually been doing well. He's a left handed bat, playing the outfield, leading off for them. And then uh, the two guys who I'd look at the righties, you know, they have all these righties that have great numbers but haven't hit against right handed pitching this year. But Joey Batista is 8 of 9, lifetime against Santana with two home runs. And Josh Donaldson is 5 of 14 against them with two home runs. So, you know, I guess if I'm looking at any bats, I like the lefties a little more. But I think those two righties are in play as well.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of lean very similar with with uh, with your analysis here. I like Joe Maurer a little bit in Minnesota, too. Been hitting a little bit lately, righty-lefty matchup there, leading off here and there. All right, Benny, let's get out to San Diego. 9-10 start as Jeff Samarja and the Giants head in to take on the uh, been better lately, but not not great James Shields. What do you think about this matchup, Benny?
2: Yeah, I love Samarja today. Um, you know, you put him up against that really weak San Diego lineup. He's actually been pitching very well. You put him in a, in a pretty good hitters park. You know, left handed bats is really how you want to kind of attack Samarja. And there are no left-handed bats on San Diego. I mean, Brett Wallace, I think, is the only one they have. So Samarja is one of my top pitching options today. I might even have him ahead of of, um, Strasburg, depending on the pricing on some sites today. So that's how much I like him in this matchup. Uh, with Shields, you, you really want to look at left-handed bats against Shields as well. They hit over 300 against them last year. And Shields' biggest problem is he gives up a ton of home runs. Now, people don't look at Petco as a home run park, but left-handed bats actually do hit a, a decent amount of home runs in Petco. So left-handed bats, Shields struggles against. Left-handed bats hit pretty well in, the, in Petco for power. Really like a guy like Brandon Belt today. Uh, Joe Panic, I think, is a viable option. You can look at uh, Denard Span at the top of the order. All those left-handed bats are the guys that I want some exposure to today against Shields.
1: Yeah, I feel similarly. Uh, I don't love Samarja quite as much as you do, but in that matchup against that team, uh, it's really hard not to like him. And at 9,900 is really the only reason I don't love, love him. But even then, you know, seeing what Cueto did last night again, um, to those Padres, I think you got to lean that way. All right, Benny, two games left to round out the slate. Two ten 10 o'clock starts, 10.05 uh, for both uh, Los Angeles versus Los Angeles in the first matchup as Ross Stripling takes on Julius Chassin in a battle of... Of uh, not intimidating righties. Who do you like there, Ben?
2: Does he only pitch on days that we do this? Because I feel see, like you say I the feel day like every I've week. Said yeah,
1: I feel every <laughs> single week I get to say Julius Chassin, and I get to make a joke about it every week. It's been it's been pretty great.
2: Yeah, I mean it's the little things in life that, that's exactly you know, right. Get you there. Um Yeah, well, I mean going up against him, you want left-handed bats. So I like Corey Seager. He's my favorite shortstop option today. He's starting to heat up, hitting really well lately has always hit well against right-handed pitching, 378 WoBA 207 ISO since he's got called up to the bigs. Um, and then another guy who I can't believe I'm about to say this, but Jack Peterson is in play for me today as well. He's been hitting really well lately. He's been um, moved up in the order to the five spot there. you know, without Adrian Gonzalez, they were looking for another left-handed bat to sneak in the middle of that order, and he seems to be that guy. so I think he's somebody else that we could look at as a viable option for the Dodgers today. And then um, on the other, I'm not looking at any of the old men either. you know, people were texting me yesterday, oh, do you use Utley today or do you use Howie Kendrick? I'm not using anybody who's older than I am. So anybody who's older than I am is pretty much out, unless they're a pitcher named Bartolo Colon. That's about the only guy who's older than me that I'm that I've been using in baseball lately.
1: There you go. I like it. I love the jock call. Also, uh, he's had a good year, man. Three eighty-seven woba, two ninety-eight ISO. Better against uh, right-handed pitching. Four thirteen 3- woba, three woba three zero eight ISO. And uh shasin uh, has had his fair share of struggles this year, so. Really like that play. Uh, on the other side of the ball, C.J. Cron has been heating up a little bit. He's got a 3.91 wOBA. In May um, he's actually been slightly better against righties and lefties over the course of his career, but negligible one way or the other. But Ross Stripling. Not very good, and uh, batting behind Mike Trout and Albert is never a bad thing to do. So uh, don't hate Kron there. All right, let's uh, round out the night in Oakland as uh, you're fighting New York Yankees, and Ivan Nova going to take on uh, uh, someone who is terrible at pitching, Kendall Graveman. What do you think about this one?
2: Yeah, I mean, here's the way that you got to look at it with Nova. He's... He was a relief pitcher, you know, or at the beginning of the year. He started in the past, but at the beginning of the year, they had him as a reliever. So they're still stretching him out. He only threw like 82 and 76 pitches, I think, in his last two starts. So here's how you got to look at it. If Oakland can get to him early, you're going to get the weak part of the long relievers of the Yankee bullpen, in which case an Oakland stack could wind up being a great play today because if they get a couple runs against Nova, and then they wind up getting the weaker of the Yankee relief pitchers at the end of the game. You know, they could get four or five runs against Nova and blow it up into eight or nine or ten runs by the end of the game. Now, if Nova's good early like he has been the last couple games, then they're just going to need a little bit of a bridge maybe in the sixth or seventh inning before they get to the – You know, well, the Tans has pitched a couple days in a row. So you're probably going to see Andrew Miller and, um, you know, Aroldis Chapman, and nobody's been hitting those guys. So if they can't get to Nova early, it's going to be a really bad day for the Oakland Bats. If they can get to Nova early, I think they do have the upside of, you know, beating up on the weak part of the Yankees bullpen. So how do you actually use this information for daily fantasy? I think the best thing to do is to put a stack of Oakland bats into a tournament. You definitely don't want to have too much exposure to these guys in cash because if it works out with the good Nova way, you know, you're probably going to wind up with a bunch of zeros, but if Bad Nova shows up and then you get Bad Bullpen after that, you know, this could be a sneaky offense that puts up 8 to 10 runs today. So guys like Reddick, guys like Valencia, guys like Davis, maybe a Coco Crisp or a Billy Burns at the top of the order. Um, you know, maybe even a steven Boat uh, as a catcher as a cheap catching option to throw in there. You know, these are the kind of guys that I would look at in that situation. And then, like you said, on the other side of this game, Graveman's not a good pitcher either. In 36 innings pitched this season, he's already given up 10 home runs. So I think what I really want to do is try to find some lefty bats with power. You know, Tashera Beltron McCann would probably be the guys that kind of stick out. But honestly, Gardner and and Ellsbury have been the ones hitting the home runs lately for the Yankees, which is kind of sad. So I think you can look at all those left-handed bats at the top of the order. The top five in the Yankee stack, you know, Graveman's just not a really good pitcher. So you normally want to take left-handed power bats against them. You know, like I said, McCann's in a good spot. You know, Beltran could be a decent option. I I, I'm, I struggle to say to share his name because he's just not hitting at all this year. But, you know, he profiles as a guy that should do well, you know, in this game too.
1: Yeah, I love the Yankee stack, especially Gardner, Ellsbury, McCann, McCann at 3,000, both Gardner and Ellsbury both at 3,100 in Fandle. That's cheap considering the upside in the matchup. Gardner's averaged 12.4 uh, fantasy points per game in Fandle scoring over his last 10. Uh, Ellsbury had been even better at 13.5. Um, so so they've been picking up points in Fandle scoring, and and I love, love, love the matchup. So. Fully endorse that, uh, Benny uh, and I will be back. That's uh, coming back next week, the RotoWire DFS podcast will be back tomorrow as usual. Uh, Benny will be all over your your podcast listening options, uh, and I again will be back with him next week, and uh, we look forward to it. So, thank you for listening to the RotoWire DFS podcast for Thursday, May the nineteenth. Again, we'll be back with you next week. Me and Benny and the RotoWire DFS podcast will be back tomorrow again so good luck go out win some money